and also a big shout out to um, Kier and uh, Schmeichel for um, you know being absolute leaders in at that point and um, you know comforting uh, Ericsson's wife and, and you know making sure all the players are okay all, all of that stuff you know Kier was also started the CPR I don't, we were a pro Denmark podcast anyway but yeah we are now a Denmark podcast What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Footy Fetish. We're here for another Euro special. I think this is the third Euro special we have, or the yeah. fourth. Third. Yeah, third. Um, but yeah, uh, we're just going to be talking some stuff. What's been going over the first sort of game week and a half, I suppose, of the Euros. You know, talking points, and then we'll talk to you guys about some transfer news. Um, obviously, with today with uh, Ollie, say hello. Yo. And man like Harry, he's back again, back again. Oh, hello, but, guys. Nope. You love to see it. <laughs> Yeah, love to see it. No Mark today because he is uh, a fanny. No, I'm only joking. He's uh, he's <laughs> had his uh, he's uh, had his jabs today, so uh, a couple of days ago, and he's not not feeling too uh, too healthy. So we yeah, wish we'll him a speedy see. recovery. Couple of um, in the chat, please, guys. Yeah, of course. I, 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 he's watching right now, so you know, we'll make sure you get yourself fit and healthy, boy, for the next game. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but we're <laughs> Pfizer gang boy, but. Um, yeah, we might as well start with the biggest talking point of what's basically gone over is we'll talk about um well harry i was going to talk about that but i think we need to mention christian erickson before we get into anything and, and talk about you know obviously what happened with christian erickson uh, for those that don't know in denmark's game against uh, finland the other day uh tragically uh christian erickson uh, went into cardiac arrest and had to be resuscitated on the pitch by two unbelievable medics, um, Morton and Anders Boson. I thought it'd be good to shout them two out, brothers, which is uh, quite fun, which is quite cool. Uh, the parents must be very proud. But um, but yeah, he seems so. It's believed now that he's been he's okay. He's in hospital. They've run tests. Nothing crazy's come back. I believe that's what they're sort of worried about. That you know there was no indicator to why this happened. I, I guess it just sort of happened. I don't I don't know. But he's saw the message today he's been fit with a, a heart resuscitator basically for if it is ever to happen again but yeah your guys thoughts on that yeah it's horrible horrible to see um i wasn't watching the game at the time um but i just walked into uh, one of my friends liam's houses um and you called me up and told me what was going on so i quickly stuck my head in his house to see what was going on in the football and his whole family's just crowded around the screen like what on earth is happening and sort of see some of the replays and it's, it's horrible to see absolutely horrible especially with all the players obviously making a wall around it um, yeah. yeah you don't know what on earth is going to happen the fact that it was all just so like just there as well they weren't trying to hide it they weren't trying to sort of direct the cameras away from it obviously I know it wasn't BBC that were in control of the cameras it was the actual UEFA it was a local broadcaster but still you think BBC would have at least cut back to the like the pundits or whatever just for their own sake uh, they definitely could have done and um, they didn't so. no definitely but they, they can't believe they filmed his wife that was really horrible yeah, yeah it's just there's a lot of questionable stuff that happened there and when that sort of thing happens it's so traumatic not even just for the player but for all the players for some of the supporters and the fans in the stands the family friends it's such a horrible thing to happen and it just obviously just makes me think about what happened to Fabrice Moamba 
So yeah. luckily he came through the other side and it looks like Christian Eriksen's going to sort of pull through and it would be alright as well and not have any proper sort of long-lasting effects from this. But you just don't expect that thing to happen in a football game because they're so fit and healthy, these players. That oh, yeah, they're the that, antithesis of athletes. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? So, so, yeah, horrible to see, but I'm just, yeah, very glad he's okay. For sure. I don't, it's not looking like he's ever going to play football again, but I think I'd rather that than hit then and him have a full healthy life you know get to see his kids grow up and all that kind of stuff than you know play for another however long and and you know it, it could happen again you never know so it's not it's not worth, i, I you know. wouldn't take that risk if i was nah, not when you've got a young family like he has it's just not 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 worth it but you know i have to say well done to i can't remember who the, the referee for the game was it was english referee uh, it was anthony taylor anthony taylor. Yeah. taylor well done to anthony taylor because he ref that amazingly he managed to get the medics and and all the you know appropriate people on the pitch uh as basically before almost before Ericsson even hit the floor so you know what fair play to you know he, he's done really well he's he's doing well for english referees because as we know oh we know all too well english referees are the worst referees in football so fair play he, he smashed it but you know like and also a big shout out to um kier kier and uh schmeichel for um you know being absolute leaders in at that point and um you know comforting uh, Ericsson's wife and, and you know you know um, make sure the players are okay all, all of that stuff you know Kier was also started the CPR um, stuff on Ericsson you know um, stopped him for put him in the recovery system stopped him from swallowing his tongue all that kind of stuff so fair you know what I don't we were a pro Denmark podcast anyway you know we were talking about Denmark how we think they're going to go to the semi-finals anyway but I think you know we're going to be hammering home Denmark to win even more now uh we're a Denmark. I had a, had a lovely time when I went to Copenhagen. Great city. <laughs> yeah, my, my, I've never been, but my sister's been, and she she absolutely adored it. So yeah. it was beautiful. But um, but yeah, we are now a Denmark podcast. <laughs> that's how that's how it's going to go. But onto onto a bit you know happier news because you know we, we don't want to we don't want to bring a downer on the whole day. England boys, it's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming home. And we're going to batter Scotland like 7 0. And it's going to be sick. I want to see these little Scottish kids crying in the stands. It's just mwah, inject it into my veins. Like, <laughs> I just love it. But yeah, we'll talk about that. You know, we beat Croatia 1 0. Get some revenge for that semi final three years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, 1 0 win. We played, I thought we played pretty well. Um, I know that, like, Croatia are not the Croatia team of 2018. They are significantly older. Uh, they don't have Mandzukic. But they're still a good team. That midfield of Kovacic, Modric and Brozovic is fantastic, man. You know, Perisic. And, and you've got Perisic up top. You've got Rakic. Uh, no, was it Rabic up top, who's uh, AC Milan striker, I believe. Um, really good team, man. But yeah, like, we're just we're just better now. Like, that's just the point. We're, we're just better than we were in 2018. And, you know, we showed it. I mean... I, I mean, we know it, obviously, but Calvin Phillips, you know, he's like Pirlo, Kaka and Gattuso all put in one, isn't it? Yeah. Like, better than all all three of them, man, already. He's best best midfielder in the world. Um, but, you know, honestly, he had a fantastic game. What what a... Yeah, I mean, to stamp, to put your mark on the England team like that, uh, the first game of a major tournament, with him and Declan Rice as well, that midfield has got to be the midfield moving forward. Uh, those two as a you know the defensive and sort of further up midfielder but yeah guys thoughts on the game yeah great game um really interesting to watch um calvin phillips was 
put a really good performance in. I think there's probably a few people questioning that decision at the beginning of the game to say, like, should we really have put Calvin Phillips in there to start him? But then you think, who else are you really going to start ahead of him? You're not really going to start Bellingham. So you don't really, really want to take that risk with Jordan Henderson at the moment. Um, and then do you only play sort of one sort of defensive midfielder like uh, Rice? Not really. So I think Gareth sort of had his hands tied a little bit with that, but it was definitely the right decision to to play him. Um, he with a brilliant assist to uh, obviously to get the, help get the goal, but even outside of that assist, he was just pinging in balls, controlling that midfield really well, and yeah, very very impressive. Um, and I think that's just going to give us more confidence throughout the rest of the tournament, really. Yeah, no, for sure. H, what do you think about your boy, the man you backed when none of right. us did? You did, you you, you know, yeah, very, like yeah. I said on the day, Harry knows ball, man. Harry knows ball. <laughs> Yeah, very pleased with that. Um, I thought he was really exciting. What do you think? Ball of energy. He obviously was out to prove a lot of people wrong. Um, and he should have done better with one or two chances. But, I mean, the energy he gave just revitalised the, the team at, at, part, at times. Like, him yeah. and Phillips were especially were definitely the best two players on the pitch. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean... Uh... Yeah, like you said, there was a, there was a couple chances where his finishing was, you know, typical Raheem Sterling finishing and and just like I, I think we say it every time he plays, but he has at least one shot where he's leaning back far too much, and it's like, bro, okay, you need like I pre you need to sort that out. Like, come on, just stop leaning oh, back in it. <laughs> I thought Kane was going to pounce on that the one that Sterling ended up with his left foot, but yeah, yeah, so did I. But um, I also want to put a big shout out to. Um, Mason Mount, I thought Mason Mount was fantastic. I think he was uh, quiet, quiet in terms of like, he didn't have the Calvin Phillips assist or he didn't have the Raheem Sterling goal, but I think he just pulled strings in that midfield, working wonders with the front with the uh, front guys. And, you know, Phil Foden had a wonderful game. I wouldn't be surprised if he's dropped for Grealish for this Scotland game, just to sort of give Grealish a, sh a run or, or something like that. Nothing against Foden. I just think out of the players that have played, maybe Mount, you could maybe take Mount out or Foden but I think largely the team will stay the same um, I've just that, seen that, that Maguire's that got was bullshit yeah it was yeah, it was, so that was very soft um, it's a shame he got that because I think he probably would have stayed on a little bit longer because um, he only played what was it, 60 minutes or something um, yeah. I think he probably would have stayed on a little bit longer but I think they were just thinking if maybe let's just get him off now just in case anything like another silly little yellow card and then he just gets himself sent off in the first game and it just has a bit of an up-on yeah. effect. So, um, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I can understand why they took him off. He did have a great game. He had a really good chance at the um, at the beginning of the uh, at the game when he hit the post, um, yeah. and that really just set the tempo for the for the game. Really. Um, oh, we have got sketch uh, sketch Lippy in the um, in the chat. Morning, lads. Morning, mate. Morning. morning. Early stream today. Start. Productive start. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, like you said, Alfie, they might uh, change it up a little bit. I don't think the team will be too different um, against Scotland. I think if they are going to change the team, I think they will change it the most for the Scotland game, just because theoretically it should be one of our easier games. But I don't think he's going to change it too much and sort of destroy the chemistry that they've got. Um, I'd like to see players like Grealish and Sancho sort of get a start under their belt as well. Maybe someone like Saka get some minutes. Um, but again, it just depends on what sort of team he's going to put out and how different it's going to be. Um, 
think there will I be think some he'll, changes. I think he'll put out a team. Sorry, to put out a team to to win for sure. Like I don't yeah. think he'll, I don't think he'll rotate much at all. No, um, because you know, even though, like you say, is on paper our easiest game, but I mean, he needs to get that qualification secured. Yeah, definitely. And, and if uh, we can I go through beating Scotland, like absolutely thrashing them, like seven 0 or something, that'd be such a huge confident boost for us. Um, also, we'd never shut up about it. It'll be great. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Hendry, man, he would have a, honestly, brother. I think he'd quit the group chat if if he batted Scotland. <laughs> it was getting pretty bad after the Czech Republic. That was, um, that was so fun. That uh, he didn't reply for so long, man. <laughs> so good, but um, but yeah, no, I think I think the Scotland game will, will probably yeah see a similar side of maybe a cup one or two changes. Maybe I don't I don't know about you guys, but for me. I do. It's a hard one between Mings and Maguire now because Mings did have a good game against uh, the against Croatia, but he wasn't massively tested. Uh, and we know what Tyron Mings is like. He, he's got a mistake in him, a big one, like a red card, a penalty mistake in him. And it's just when is that going to come through? And you know, Maguire said I've seen this morning. Maguire's fit and healthy to play the Scotland game. Obviously, you want to integrate him into the team. You know, he's our, our best centre back, so you want to integrate him into the team, but. Do you guys do it now, or would you do it against the Czech Republic? I think potentially. I think maybe start Mings and get um, Harry Kane, uh, not Harry Kane, Harry Maguire on, maybe a bit later, just to get him some minutes, um, prepare him for if he is going to start against the Czech Republic. I don't necessarily think starting him would be the best idea if he's not going to be a hundred percent good to play the the full ninety. Well, this is what he's saying. He's fully fit today. Is what's come out and said that he's fully fit and ready to go. If he's fully so fit and he's ready to play that. the full ninety, then start him. Yeah. Well, against Scotland. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you 100. percent It's just interesting. I don't, Mings is one of them players. I don't actually like him at all. But you know, it, he's not that bad. It's just that he's not that good. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a tough one. Um, he and he's got one. He wasn't these. horrendous against Croatia, but. There was definitely yeah, was good. Yeah, yeah. Good, yeah. There was definitely like, a couple of moments that looked a little bit shaky, but obviously nothing too um nothing too bad really. Overall I'd say he had a good game, but I think I would have felt probably a little bit more confident with having uh, Stones and Maguire there. Yeah, definitely. I've put down on my on the notes here that we should trust Gareth. And I think that's true. I don't think he's done anything to show that we shouldn't trust him maybe with his team the, collection and stuff like that. Maybe it was the waistcoat the whole time. Because we seemed to be playing pretty well the other day when he wasn't wearing that waistcoat. It's true. It's true. Well, we got to get to the semi-finals with the waistcoat. True. That's true. Uh, the trippier thing, I don't. I think there was times in that game you saw where if we had a left-footed left-back, crosses would have gone in the box, and maybe more goals would have been scored. Whereas Trippier's not obviously not doing that, but you have him for the set pieces. I still would like. I, to see I heard. Um, he said in Saturday said in an interview. I think it was on Talksport. They're asking him about Trippier and that. I said because he was playing Mings at left centre back, he put Trippier left back to like help guide Mings because oh, Trippier's okay. one of like the dressing room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dressing room. So he kind of like had him just as like a calming presence to be next to Tyrone Mings. That's pretty good. So say if we see a Maguire, I, I quite like that from Gareth once again. Bloody hell, he's uh, proving us. You know, he's proven that he's a he is a good man manager. The football's not always the most amazing, but you know, I don't think that's necessarily the problem here. I think it is galvanising the players to want to play together, and that seems to be what he can do. 
Uh, like this team seems so much closer than any other team I've seen of England. Uh, they actually like each other, which is actually you know when you're thinking about this man, it's, it is like real poor form from the golden generation. Like they couldn't set aside the Premier League to come together for England. They their egos were too big to come together for England. That is saying something about players like Lampard, Gerrard, Ferdinand, and that in yeah. it like. Like they're so. more concerned with themselves That's than it. they were with the. It is. It's actually fucking. It's I've atrocious. I've always said that I think the England team should train together more often. They need to do more training and not just the yep. three weeks before a, a international tournament that they all meet up and train for six days a week or whatever. I think they should do more training sessions just throughout the season anyway, even if it's just a random sort of one-off session for half a day or something. Um, obviously, I know they do have probably higher priorities, like obviously training with their actual clubs when they're sort of actually playing with the clubs. But I think just finding a day, one day every month or month and a half or something, where they can just obviously meet up, do some training, build that chemistry, so there's more of a consistent um, sort of confidence and more of a con consistent chemistry with these players instead of just as I say like the couple of weeks before you, we start a tournament and they all start to sort of play together and get to know each other and get to know how each other plays uh, in their own specific ways but I think you do that over the season by the time it gets to the summer then you do that more intense training before the actual get tournament starts I think we're going into those tournaments with so much more confidence yeah I'm, I'm I'm definitely with you. The only problem I see is obviously like UEFA and fucking them lot with the Champions League and stuff, all trying to make these players play even more games at fucking club level anyway. Yeah. So I think adding a monthly England training camp is probably uh, it's probably a bit too much. But I definitely think in the off seasons and stuff when we don't have international tournaments, they could definitely get together and do some stuff. Um, but yeah, you think it's an interesting England group chat with all the. I'd imagine so. Yeah. But I imagine it's like there's a 2018 World Cup one and then that's probably not being used anymore and now there's like a 2020 Euros one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right. It's probably you know like I mean? Gareth's the admin and he's like, right, 26-man squad, you're all in and uh, you're out, you're out. So I was kicking all the other players that aren't in the uh, squad anymore. Jesse Lingard got kicked. Yeah. <laughs> Who do you reckon is the one that's making the controversial jokes in the group chat? Um, uh, like Pickford or something. I can see Pickford or Jordan Henderson. Yeah. So Jordan Henderson saying something a bit, bit mad in there. Yeah. They're trying to rile up the boys and say, "All right, Jordan, chill out, mate." But, uh, but yeah, he said Maguire making them jokes. Oh, Maguire's not a bad shout. Who yeah. else is a? Uh, I don't know. It's quite. Oh, Carl Walker said some sus shit in there for sure. Hundred percent. He's definitely come out with some. Mad I reckon he's the one that sends yeah the occasional naked picture. Yeah, he'll send like an he'll send like the lads like a naked like calendar of women every year or something. Everyone, like everyone's like, fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? but um, I reckon Mason Greenwood and Phil Foden try and cr crack like millet or Gen Z jokes in there that fucking a lot of people don't get. <laughs> Talking about Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, but England. So Scotland boys, the Scotland game. What are we thinking? Let's get our score predictions in now. I'm going seven nil. I think we'll just we'll absolutely destroy him. Um, I want to see Ali McCoy with his head in his in his lap. Jim White crying on Talksport the next day. That's what we want, man. That's what we want. I'm what thinking, about you guys? Um, four nil. Four nil. Yeah. 
not as confident with the 7-0, but um, I think 4 was probably a little bit more realistic. I was kind of thinking they might score a goal, but... Nah, nah yeah, nah. Uh, no, no chance. I'm going to say 3-0. I think I've noticed with England at times, like, when you think we're going to have an absolute battering, we kind of score a few and then kind of just Chill. take it easy for the rest yeah. of the game. Which is not necessarily a terrible idea. Main, maintain your fitness once you've secured the bag. but Definitely. Um, Definitely. But Kane I would like to see them fired up for this one. To try and embarrass Kane. them, that would be great. Yeah. Oh mate, yeah. And it'll be the game that knocks him out basically. Yeah. So that'll be that'll be that'll be top quality. But um, now Wales are through, we need to knock Scotland out. Yeah. It, it is embarrassing that Ireland didn't uh qualify for this shit, isn't it? Like there are some bad teams in this tournament they're, and Ireland didn't even make it. Their squad is terrible at the moment, to be fair. Yeah, that is true. I think that's Mark in the chat that's just come in. Uh three nil. Three nil. Especially if he said two nil. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously not quite a 7 0 prediction, but probably way more realistic. Um, but I, I yeah, just think. 10 0. Okay, cool. <laughs> I think maybe 12, uh, you know, or something like that. You never know. We might go crazy and just absolutely destroy him. You get just like a quadruple hat trick from Harry Kane. Um, or half time. Yeah, exactly. But we'll move on from England because we could talk about England literally all fucking day. Um, but one thing I just wanted to go on uh, it's just the next point on here Marco and Altovic should just retire um, who cares about the geezer he's gone he's banned from the Netherlands game for his anti-Albanian rant where he's been you know seen saying anti-Albanian slurs to like Alioski and people like that it's just brother like no one cares about you man You like we barely cared about you when you played for West Ham but you were alright and now you've gone to China no one cares about you, brother. You might as well just retire. Yeah, he, like, want, he wants to come back to the Prem. Bruv, we don't want you back. Yeah. So, I, mean, I read something the other day. Apparently, his his middle name means like son of Albania or something, which is kind of mad. Probably not. Yeah, it's something it like that. I can't remember exactly what it is, but it means something like son of Albania or something. Which, yeah, it's kind of a a bit sus, really. Um, Probably, uh, Maybe that means he's allowed to say that stuff. Yeah, so I'm the son of Albania, so I can say these things. <laughs> um, but yeah, I can't remember exactly what the statistic was or whatever it is. But yeah, I thought that was a bit crazy. Yeah, I, I whatever. He's just a prick, man. Yeah. Now, why do you choose to make that sort of statement on arguably the well, currently the world's biggest stage of, of football, like? Remember when um, Bentner showed those paddy power pants and got fined 80, 80 grand? Yeah. That's like, like the biggest fine I've ever seen in football. Yeah. yeah that's crazy. Of all the horrible racist shit that's gone on. Yeah, yeah it's nuts. Some paddy honestly. power boxes. Yeah, I mean, like, because I, I saw us a quote from um, Jose Mourinho, and it says it all, really. He said he's a fantastic player, but he has the attitude of a little child. And it yeah. is just so obviously, it's evidently true. And it, it's like you see all these ex West Ham players and current West Ham players coming out with a madness recently, like Sushek, yeah. you know, him saying we should respect his. So uh, the thing in his country, weird, it's more yeah. acceptable to basically be racist and stuff like that. He was saying that we should be more accepting of their culture, who is not accepting of other cultures. It doesn't really make any sense, yeah. mate. Um, and it's a shame because Sushek is a great player, but you know he's a 
he's he's racist, bro. So what what are we gonna like? You know that it's just the situation, isn't it? Like it's West Ham, though, isn't it? I mean, sense. it's always. Yeah. I mean, I think that's criterion. What you, you have to pass that criteria to play for West Ham. I'm fairly sure. But, Martin uh, Abel takes you down for a drink before you sign. Takes you down the local pub. Yeah, he puts his arm around you and he tells you about how it is. You know, <laughs> and, and about the good old days and that. You know, come back to what you said about. You're one of the good ones. <laughs> <laughs> going back to what you said about uh, what Marino said about um, Anatovic. I think it's very similar to what Mario Balotelli used to be. Um, and probably still is. He used yeah. to just, if he wasn't happy with something in training, he would then just score own goals in training, piss everyone off, just purposely ruin the session like a child. And yeah. it just reminded me sort of exactly of uh, that when obviously you said about what uh, Jose said. So I think, yeah, I think some players are just, they think they're bigger than they actually are. I think they're bigger than clubs and these sort of things just really bring him back down to earth I think seeing how many people are, at, are like um, actually no that's not how things are and then you get absolutely ridiculed in the uh, on social media and stuff and you realise um, maybe uh, I shouldn't have said those sort of things but yeah it's just it's immaturity at its finest really but the thing for me is like, like I, it, I, it's obviously it's a, it's a joke but um Arnautovic isn't a good enough player to be like okay he said some really horrible shit but you know we can you know we'll, we'll um, discipline him but you know we'll keep him along because he's an amazing player but Donny could get sacked tomorrow and he's not that good like let's not be swear real no nah, man like he's not one of these players that can do that kind of thing and I know obviously no player should do that kind of thing obviously just a bit of a joke but uh yeah, it's like, man, it's just no place for it, bro. I hope he just gets... I know he's banned for the Netherlands game, but, man, I hope he just doesn't play for the rest of the tournament. Like, yeah. whatever. They, Austria uh, are going to be out anyway soon, so... Say, did they win their first game? Yeah, they did. They yeah. won 3-1, I think, didn't they? They might not actually yeah, go out that early. Yeah. Um, they are currently top of the group, and the Netherlands look shaky as hell. Yeah. Um, they've got one of the worst managers in the world, though, so... But we'll move got, on to... They've not got Van Dijk either. Yeah, we'll, you know, we'll go on to Netherlands. Nice little segue. Netherlands only just beat the Ukraine three um, two, and no, Ukraine are no like nice, my ref. Doesn't, doesn't fit me anymore, but I wanted to bring it on and show you. Nice, I like I it. it. It's a really nice try. Mm. Beautiful, but um, but yeah, I mean, Netherlands are really like disappointing. Like, I mean, Frank de Boer is terrible. Like, he's an, or one of the worst managers in the world. Um, but that team should be doing a lot better than they are. I know they've not got Van Dyke, they've not got the lit, but you know, go they they've got a lot of power going forward and in that midfield. Even at the back, still they're pretty good with the breeze. Um, but yeah, man, they're just just. I mean, who, I mean, it's funny, isn't it? It's the Netherlands. But, that, was um, great, that was the best game so far. It was a good game. But what do you guys think of the Netherlands then, uh, going forward? Like you said, very shaky. Um, I think it's. Quite, it's affecting them quite a lot not having someone like Van Dijk in the team that solid bit of sort of defence and probably a very influential player for these uh, a lot of these players as well yeah so um, and the lit no the lit and no Van Dijk that's their back two gone exactly it's basically Liverpool this year um, except Liverpool have probably done better um, but yeah no it's yeah it's, it's going to be a tough uh, tournament for them I think they might have been okay with just Van Dyke out, but now obviously Delitz a bit sort of 
well, I don't know how serious his injury is. I don't know if he's going to be up for the whole tournament, but he, yeah, it seems like they're really missing that that solid um, partnership in the back. Um, and yeah, like you said, they definitely need a better manager than Frank de Boer because he's he's not good enough for what they terrible, need or what they man. want to achieve. He's absolutely terrible. But um, I was just having a look at the games today. Ukraine playing North Macedonia at two. That's going to be a, a win for Ukraine. And the Netherlands play Austria tonight at eight. Austria could definitely beat the Netherlands, yeah. um, and that that would be hilarious if the Netherlands and uh, you know don't make it out of the group this year. Um, yeah, say if like. Well, okay, so yeah, say if Ukraine beat North Macedonia by a couple goals, and Austria beat Netherlands by a couple goals, yeah, Netherlands are going to be third and not looking good. Austria, Austria would be clear top of the fucking uh, group at six points, but. But yeah, it's interesting, man. I I didn't expect uh, Austria to be that good, to be honest. Um, I know they played North Macedonia, but you know they're still a good team. They got Alaba and Arnautovic. But um, I've actually forgotten every other Austrian player now. <laughs> uh, Baumgartlinger. Oh, Baumgartlinger. Yeah, yeah. Baumgartlinger plays for. Uh, well, he did play for Leverkusen. I don't know if he still does. But um, but yeah. All right. Well, there's not really much to talk about the Leverkusen. Care. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Share. There's just. Or is he or is Swiss? I can't remember. I can't remember now. Oh, share Swiss because he was playing in the game yesterday. Mm. Um, but yeah, Belgium. We'll talk about Belgium. Bloody hell, do they look good? Um, I mean, we all expected them to look good uh, with no De Bruyne as well. They they were fantastic. Yeah. Um, starting team. Yeah, it's a, it's. A, I mean, that that defense is on honestly terrible. Alderweireld and Vertonghen still playing in that defense as the oh, two set the age-old partnership. In it, man. Uh, Mark's favorite player, Castagna, starting, which is nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, podcast legend. Yeah, I, but even they even look beatable though. Like I, I, every team in this tournament looks beatable. Even the French, even the Germans, they all look beatable. I think Portugal the only look one beatable. that looks. They still are beatable, but I think the one team that looks the strongest at the moment is Italy. By far. Yeah, they look so strong. Obviously, yeah, the, me and Alf watched the game last night. I was uh, at Alf's, uh, and they just look really impressive. Um, yeah. I said to me, but I, I asked Alf last night, I'll, I'll ask you um, now, Harry, like, who do you think out of all the teams that have played so far is is the strongest and or looks the strongest to go ahead and, uh, and win the tournament? For me, it's got to be Italy. I think. Ooh, Obviously, I know it's, um, it's a bit unfair because Italy have played two games. The rest of the teams have only sort of really played one. Um, but two 3 0 victories. No, exactly. But yeah. even just the way they're playing, they look very, very impressive. Uh, the sort of football that they're playing. Um, sort of Spinazzola, um, Locatelli, Barali, they're all playing brilliant football at the moment. Um, yeah. They know. I mean, they know how to score, and that is obviously crucial. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, two, three, no wins to start a tournament. That's. I don't remember seeing anyone do that before, but. but yeah, I thought they looked very good. Um, like you say, France. They, they, if Germany went so shit, they definitely could have won that. Um, but I mean, France yeah. going forward looked scary, but at the back. No, didn't they have anything particularly special? Nope. No, no they, yeah, they you're right. And, and it gives me, like, reassurance that Larice is in between the sticks for them because we know how bad he's been. 
like not even just this year the last couple of years he's not been been fantastic you know what i mean his age is and is really starting to show but yeah i mean for me it's the three teams that i think right now are the most impressive are italy portugal and i'm gonna say england i think you know without any bias i think that we've looked one of the most secure teams i know we played um croatia but they're no pushover man yeah, croatia aren't no. a team by any means Portugal looked rocky as hell against Hungary until they got, you know, those last like three goals. They still won 3 0, despite yeah. playing badly. It's pretty scary. Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, they did get a bit of luck on their side with the penalty and all that, and, and that kind of thing. And it's, uh, I think that, but, I mean, that's all, that all matters, doesn't it? Luck, luck does matter in this competition. You know, you've got to, you got to do it. How, how do you guys feel about, before we move on, how do you guys feel about England, like, do we? Do you want us to win all of our games, or if we beat Scotland, would you want us to take a take a loss to the Czech Republic so we come second in the group? <laughs> I think oh, win it all, mate. Yeah, win it all. Go go in with confidence. That's, that's exactly where I'm sitting. But I've just been seeing that conversation on TalkSport, and I think it's such a stupid conversation to yeah, have. Yeah, there's not. I don't it's... see the point in playing the t- the tactical sort of route, and yeah, sort of potentially throwing one game. Yeah. And I think if we win all of our, I think if we win the group, we get the rest of our knockout games at Wembley anyway. So why the hell uh, would we not win? Why would think, we not I think at the round of sixteen? I think we go to Italy if we win. Oh, okay. Because I and saw I think that Italy go to England <laughs> if they obviously come top of their group, which they're probably going to. Yeah, you guys keep talking. I'm just having a look at this stuff. Yeah, I'm pretty mm. sure that's what they said last night. Anyway, in the commentary of the um, Italy game. Um, yeah. We come to yeah. we'll be heading to Italy to play. Yeah, I'm just trying to see how many <clears throat> how many games will be at the year at Wembley then. The finals at um, Wembley, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, one of the semis at least. Yeah, yeah. I had I a look at uh, tickets uh, to some of the games being held at Wembley just to see if there was an odd chance of being able to get a ticket or something. And uh, minimum price three hundred quid. It's a bit like, mm, don't quite think so. Obviously, I know that it's limited yeah, seating and stuff like that, so they've probably bumped the prices up anyway. Um, okay, so if we, um, sorry, Ollie, uh, yeah, round two rounds of sixteen matches we played at Wembley. One is the winner of Group A, Italy, Turkey, Wales, Switzerland will face the runner of Group C, Netherlands, Ukraine. But then, if England win Group D, we will face one of Portugal, France, Germany, or Hungary at Wembley on June 29th. and then okay. it will go forward as well. Um, oh, no, the, the stadium will host no none of the four quarterfinals, but the semi-finals and the final will be held there. Okay, but so both semi-finals, both, both semi-finals, semifinals and yeah. the final all held at Wembley. So the only game we don't have to play at Wembley is the quarterfinal if we make it. If I we think get Germany Wembley. would at this point, Germany would be a very good draw for us. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Oh man, I would love, love to beat him in a knockout game as well. Oh, knock him out as well. That'd be fantastic, bro. That'd be brilliant. Um, but we might, yeah, we'll move on to that game because we, we've been talking about the France and Germany a little bit. I mean, that was just a... They both didn't look that great. Uh, very beatable, both teams. Like you said, France going forward, that Mbappe, Griezmann and Benzema triple is just ridiculous. And then Kante and Popper in the midfield is fantastic as well. But yeah, that defence, man, is just... It's, it's a bit shaky, man. I think there could be some goals scored if, if, if you get on the right... Like, Germany could have won that game, for sure, like you were saying, but... What do you H? What do you think of uh, of France then? Um, well, obviously, they're, I mean they're favourites for a reason, um, and I was that's why I actually wanted Germany to win the other day. I didn't want them to get any momentum. Yeah. Because um, a lot of those players, you know, you, you think of Pogba, you think of Griezmann, um, 
these are players who need to be feeling confident to play well. Yeah. It's not like Kante is going to turn up regardless of how he's feeling and put in a shift. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they've got a few few players like that, and getting off with a win is going to uh, is, is only going to galvanise them. We need them to lose to Portugal. Yeah. There's not there's a a better chance of that happening than there was for Germany to win. I think uh, Portugal are a better side than Germany at the moment, but I think Pogba was looked re- very impressive the other night. Um, he just seems to really perform for France, but not so much with United. Seen obviously lots of stuff online about reasons why that may be, and quite simply, Golo Kante. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the only reason why point, Pogba yeah. looks as good as he is and um, I saw something the other day that said um, uh, N'Golo Kante even made Danny Drinkwater look like a world class midfielder uh, when they're at Leicester so like Kante is just that what is um, helping Pogba look so impressive for France he's just sweeping, yeah. sweeping up anything that uh, Pogba doesn't get to and sorting it out really so I think they are a, a good partnership to have in that midfield but I think Obviously, Kante clearly kind of he, he works on his own. He works with players. He, he, he he's a very impressive player. Pogba seems to play better when he's bouncing off a player like like Kante, really. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we we've said that. I think I've definitely said this on the podcast before, and we've discussed this before. But Pogba is a luxury player. Yeah. If you need someone that's hardworking, that's going to put in effort on both ends of the field, uh, Pogba's not your guy. If you need someone. The, to actually work really hard every game, you know, uh, 100% every game, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, he's not your man. Pogba's good if you have already have those players in your team and you just need someone to sit in the midfield and do whatever the hell he wants and play however he wants. If you have that already in place, then Pogba's one of the best players in the world. But if you actually need him to work hard and, and you know, give maximum effort, you ain't going to get that from him. And, uh, yeah, and that's why I think for Man United, he will never be rated like that. No, that's the thing. He looks so like one week he can look like literally some one of the worst players in the league, and he just looks like he's not putting any effort in. He can't be asked. You read stories about him refusing to play for United, and then two weeks later he's starting for United and he puts in a really good shift. And it's a bit like there's well, seems to just be Priola's a bit of a problem. Yeah, definitely. But he seems to just I'm, be. I'm sick of that. Very cycle. temperamental. Sick of hearing about him. Oh, and now he's apparently going to sign a new contract. So I was like, oh my god, another few years of listening to the bloody media talking about Pogba every few weeks. Oh, isn't he amazing? Hey. Why is he not playing? Isn't he amazing? Next yeah. next year, Sunus is just going to be literally sat in the studio with his fucking fist clenched like that, just like white knuckled. Like it's going to be the uh, the Arthur meme where it's just the fist. I was going to say, you know that kid where he's holding his breath and he's got all the veins in his head? You know, <laughs> oh, that's, that. yeah, that's going to be, um, be soonest next year, every single time he covers Man United. Um, but, I, I mean, we've got our own thing about soonest. I don't like him at all. But, um, See, there was uh, yeah. all that controversy with Mbappe and uh, Giroud midweek as well. Um, doesn't seem to have affected them too badly. I think. Well, I mean, that was... Giroud's not playing, probably. Yeah. So I mean, I think it's because uh, obviously there was only one of them on the pitch. But yeah, I think those sort of things probably can be blown out of proportion a little bit by the media. But at the same time, we have so to you... blow them out. Yeah, exactly. We have to blow it out of proportion to yeah. rattle them. Exactly. You have to make a a bigger thing out of it to okay. try and 
cause some disruption within the team but see they know exactly how they feel even if the media do blow it out of proportion massively as long as they're getting along fine then that's sort of what really matters um, but I think it's a tough one because Giroud does, does um, deserve some respect because what he's done for France he's obviously their, nearly their uh, highest goal scorer he's nearly caught up with uh, Henri which is a, yeah. a bit of a crazy stat really um, he probably will do it before the time he retires he's not for that far off at all um, but then you think about obviously Mbappe he's the wonder kid um, and he obviously wants some respect as well and there seems to be a bit of a clash of heads during training or whatever it was but I think it all stemmed from was it one of their warm-up games or something and Giroud said made yeah. a couple of comments basically not really having Sorry, a go at Mbappe me. but saying something along the lines of obviously he like he deserves to be respected a bit more as in Giroud deserves to be respected a bit more um, and Mbappe can't be just be the one to score all the goals all the time and Obviously, yeah, it's clearly been blown out of proportion since then. Um, but I, I get his frustrations. I get him. I mean, he's been sat on the bench at Chelsea all year round, thinking, you know what? Like, it's fine. When we get to the Euros, I'll be starting. Um, I can show people what I can do at the Euros, and then they bring back Benzema. Yeah. And whenever he gets brought into the team for Chelsea or for France, he do, he does a job. Like, he does a really good job. And he, he's. I think he's right. Like. In the media as well, and amongst fans, he just constantly gets talked down like he's useless. But in actual fact, he's, he's been a very, striker. very effective striker. For yeah. I would, it's criminally underrated a lot of the time. Massively I mean, underrated. But I think ironically, he's exactly what Arsenal would need last year, because the amount of crosses Arsenal put in for no one to get their head on it is yeah. a bit mad. So uh, you know, having a Giroud like that would have been fantastic. But yeah, I get it. But then also, I also get the point from. Like would if if Benzema hadn't been such an alleged scumbag, would um would uh Giroud Giroud wouldn't have them goals because he wouldn't be playing. No. So it is like it is it's one of them arguments where it's like okay I see points from both sides like, yeah. and and let's be real man it doesn't matter how many goals Giroud has for France you're never starting Giroud over Mbappe. No. Ever like it's just not gonna happen. Sorry, I can mate. I understand his frustrations. Obviously, he 100%. when he does play, he does play well, and if he's playing well, um, sort of in games, I can only assume it's he's in training where he's not performing up to the standard, but because he's not starting. So I know there are players that are starting ahead of him, like obviously Mbappe and Benzema and stuff like that. But I think but even, even from in front of him the whole season. At Chelsea, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. Like even even uh, not just at an international level, a club level as well. But the players are starting ahead of him every week, and yeah, I, for him, I, I kind of just think, well, he must just think, what what, what more do I need to do? Because I'm I'm just, like I do score goals when I when I come on when I play. I obviously make important um, things happen during the games. And yes, obviously he's not scoring every single time he comes on, but he's not a bad player by any means and. He certainly doesn't have awful performances um, a lot of the time. He seems to be pretty sort of on the ball with a lot of it and equally as good as a lot of the other Chelsea players, if not better than obviously players like Werner and stuff this year. And I think it, it, I can understand his frustrations. Like he must just think, what more do I need to do um, just to get played? Because, yeah, other than leaving and going to... Sort of a, a lower league, uh, or a lower team in the league, or something, or going sort of playing abroad. Um, 
I think he's pretty much just he's done his time in the Premier League I think at big clubs I don't think he's going to be starting at a big club in the Premier League anytime soon I think if he wants to start first team football he either needs to go abroad <coughs> or move to a team slightly lower down the league where he's going to be guaranteed to start every week um, I kind of feel like he's a bit of a wasted talent now at Chelsea um, but yeah. yeah yeah definitely I think there's a few teams like West Ham would be quite interesting yeah. uh, I don't know if he's racist so I don't know if he'll be allowed Maybe, to play yeah. but um, he'd yeah. be a good fit of Palace I think Oh mate, yeah. <laughs> the amount, yeah, of course we fight anyone fucking with, mate. But uh, <laughs> just give us anyone. Uh, no, but we're not here about ben, Palace. Benteke is just signed a contract extension, so I've, uh, which I'm happy with, man. He deserved it. He played played fantastically. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was he wasn't bad at all this year for, for Palace. To be fair, he actually did play very well, but. I mean, we're not here to talk about Palace. It's not that. <laughs> but um, Germany, 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 Germany. They're a bit of a mixed bag because Joachim Löw doesn't... I don't know what this formation is about playing Kimmich at right wing-back, but... Um... Yeah, obviously he used to be a, a wing-back, didn't he? Now he's sort of been transformed into this CDM kind of role. And now he's just been kind of like, oh, we don't actually have any yeah. right wing-backs. Well, go on, Kimmich, you can play over there. Go back yeah. over there and play. It's just a bit like, I don't know, man. Germany looks so beatable. They do look decent. Like, don't get me wrong. You know, Nabry, Muller and, and their man up top are, are fantastic players. But it, I don't know, man. They're not this. They're not the Germany team that, of you know, a few years ago that, that was so yeah. that was so scary to play, man. But Yeah, they used to be so dangerous. I think it'd be interesting. Let's have a look at this starting team real quick for Germany because I do want to sort of touch on this a bit. Bring back Mesut Ozil. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Neuer in goal, typical, and then Rudiger, Hummels, and Ginter. Obviously, Hummels was at fault for the own goal, but apart from that, I thought Hummels played really well. Um, yeah. Ginter, I'm, I don't really know too much about. Rudiger was okay, although he did try and take a bite out of Pogba at one point, which was a bit weird. Enjoyed that. Enjoyed that. Yeah, it was a bit bit weird, but fair play, each to their own. Um, and so that's how they do it. Uh, and then Gossens at left mid. I don't know too much about Gossens, but he didn't impress. Cruz and Gundogan in the midfield and Kimmich at right mid. Um, I mean, you can't argue too much about Cruz and, and Gundogan in the midfield. I think Kimmich would have been better than Gundogan in that midfield against France. He's just better at, at City. And it, it's so difficult when you have two midfielders and they have three because they can just exploit the park so much better, pass it around you. You know, you're chasing and shadows. One of them can Yeah, exactly. Um, it's like four. <clears throat> yeah, and then Muller, Havertz and Nabry as a front three. Yeah, it does. I look at this team and I'm like, oh, wow. It, it's a decent Germany team, but it doesn't fill me with fear like we had back in uh, back. Yeah, it just doesn't seem team. like that team no, it clicks as well as it should. Because um, looking at some of the names on the on the list, it looks like that they should be a lot stronger than they are. But I know what you mean. It just it doesn't fill you with that fear that that old Germany team used to. The ruthlessness of that German team was it was, was ridiculous. There's um, no grit like a Kadira in the middle. Oh yeah, that's, it, but... that's what you get with Kimmich if they played him in the middle. Yeah. But they haven't, so I don't really know what you're going to do. And they got better players on the bench, man. They got uh, Nicholas Sewell on the bench, the centre back for Bayern Munich, who's fantastic. Obviously, Leroy Sane came on. They didn't start Sane. Uh, you got you still got Emre Chan, who I think he can do a job as a defensive midfielder. You know, Timo Werner, who can't really do anything but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean Leno on the bench just to make up numbers 
Uh, Lennon should be starting ahead of Neuer. <laughs> yeah, joking, sure. By the way. For, for, the, for the Germany C team. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, yeah, I think both teams look super, really beatable. Um, yeah, I, I then neither of these. I know I, I'm good at this. Is probably going to come back to bite me on the ass. But neither of these teams are scaring me that much. I know France, obviously, like you can't take it anything because France could turn it on at any point and then just destroy you eight nil. Um, but Germany, man, I want Germany in that round of sixteen. Let's take, let's have it, man. I think that'd be great. Got but, a couple um, of uh, comments uh, in the stream. Uh, I think it's from Ben Ben Simpson. Um, a boys managed to find a quiet corner to get all the football deets. Also, it's yeah. coming home. Of yeah, course, it is. It is. It is. If, yeah, if no one, if anyone was unaware, it's coming home. It, it is. is coming home. Uh, yeah, we're gonna beat every team, man. And uh, yeah, I want us to get to the final and having beaten someone as well, like a Germany or a France or a Portugal, get to the final off the back of one of them wins would be insane, man. Yeah, It'd be insane. Playing Belgium as well, like. We could beat Belgium, bro. We could beat them all. We won't concede a goal. I say I'm confident. <laughs> well, to be fair, uh, Italy have scored six and not conceded anything just yet. Let's get on to Italy because that's a good point. No, uh, we haven't we, played them yet. We have, uh, yeah. We, uh, we Italy destroyed them six nil yet. So, of course, back to back three nil wins for Italy. Once over Turkey, who were just they were fantastic, but then also Turkey were pretty terrible. So you have to take that with a pinch of salt. They never really threatened Italy. Um, who I've got written down here who they definitely look like they could be exploited by some good wingers they push their spin at Zola and, and Di Lorenzo up so far up the pitch that Chiellini and Barzagli and Jorginho whoever's filling in or, no Bonucci sorry not Barzagli uh, what a player Barzagli was though shout out to Barzagli um, Bonucci and Chiellini just can't really I mean like if we're bombing forward with, agree, with Foden Sancho uh, Sterling and them lot Mate, they they're net, they're going to be met, they well they're fucked. That's the like, thing. Like what you saying with Spinazzola, he's uh, I've got, got him in my fantasy team. He's been playing phenomenally over the last two games. He's just all over that pitch, and considering he's a right-footed left back, he kind of just goes wherever he needs to, and then the other defenders will just cover him. Um, and he he pushes so far up the pitch, which works really well for them. But soon, that it's definitely something that we could use against them, like on a counter attack. Um, as soon as he pushes up that little bit too far, if we just pounce on that ball and bring that counter attack, as long as it's quick, because he's a very fast player, um, we could really expose that sort of weakness. I don't think any of the two teams that they played so far have exposed the weakness. Obviously, I know they've probably got one of the easiest groups going. Um, obviously, with Wales, Switzerland, and Turkey, but still they they look very very impressive and um their midfield looks pretty pretty strong as well um but yeah i think there are a few key key points in that defensive line where we probably could expose some of their weaknesses and obviously um Chiellini came off yesterday he had a bit of a sort of he didn't look too bad in terms of the injury i think he'd had a bit of a a niggle in his hamstring um so decided to obviously just bring him off to just play it safe and everything like that don't want to get properly injured but yeah, there's definitely a key sort of few places where we can try and expose their their weaknesses there, um, but it'd probably be a tough game if we do play them. Definitely. Who did they bring on? Oh, they brought on. Um, who did they bring on for him? I don't know. I don't recognise. Oh, was it Tolio or Tolio or Pesina? One of them. One of them Donnies anyway. 
But yeah, yeah. like I don't know, man. They're, they're a very good team, and try, like going forward, I would be worried about them going forward. I'm not worried about their midfield because I know they've got a physical midfield. But with with the way that Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips like physically showed, you know, that showed their uh, skills uh, in that regard against Croatia. I, I would I would have Calvin Phillips up against Barella or Jorginho physically easily, and yeah. then Declan Rice can take a Locatelli. I know Locatelli's a bit of a bigger guy and he's he's mean on the outside of the box, so that would be Declan Rice's man to pick up. But I think I think it'd be interesting, man. Uh, yeah, Locatelli also game... came off as well uh, later is on. That's in the our game. final, isn't it? Was that our final that we predicted? Italy England? Or was it Italy Belgium? So. England Belgium. It was England Portugal. Oh yeah, it was England Portugal, I think. Sorry, you're so, right. Yeah. yeah. Um But I think we had Italy going to the semis. I can't remember. Hey, you should have to look that up for us. I'll, I'll have a yeah, look. Now. I'll have a look on Instagram. But um but yeah, no, they, they, they smashed against Switzerland last night. Um they were unlucky not to win four wheel. I mean not unlucky, Chiellini definitely did handball it. We uh, had, for his... uh, Italy Portugal in the semi final and we put Portugal through to the final. But I think I think uh, I think we smashed England, it. Denmark, I, mean, Denmark. Was the other right. I still hope that happens, England Denmark. Yeah, I um, don't think there's a as good of a chance of that happening, but definitely not. Yeah. Knows. But you never know, it may spur them on to, to go and play really well. But yeah, they Locatelli played fantastically last night. I was saying staying on the group chat, Locatelli and Spinazzola have both played themselves into big moves this summer, I think, after the Euros are done. Definitely. Um I know Spinazzola obviously plays for Roma and Locatelli plays for Sampdoria, but you know they could definitely. Well, I mean, Locatelli could definitely move to a bigger team. And Spinazzola, I wouldn't be surprised if he would maybe wait around and see what Jose does with the Roma side, because um, I do think that they're going to be strong, um, a lot better than they were anyway. Yeah. I mean, um, so yeah, it'd be interesting. But yeah, Insigne was fantastic. Berardi, my man in my fantasy team, is balling out, loving it. Immobile, who I put a bet on him to. Uh, Finish as a golden boot winner this season. It's good to see uh, Euros. Good to see him get another goal. But yeah, it's the Italy team. They're just fantastic, man. Um, yeah. They've not played great teams, admittedly, like we said. But even so, I don't know. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Jorginho's playing like an absolute man possessed, Dom- controlling that midfield, lovely. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they yeah they go far. I mean, we've said they get to the semi final, and I don't think that I I know they're a, they're an underdog, but I don't think that that is a uh, that's not a crazy prediction, I don't think, lads. I think we could be pretty spot on with that. 100%. Um, but apart from that, you know, Wales going through. Uh, Wales basically through after beating Turkey 2-0. Gareth Bale with two amazing assists. And a um, the worst and penalty, penalty of all time. And yeah. one of the worst penalties I've ever seen. Um, Both assists yeah. were very clever and very well-worked assists. The, the ball over to Ramsey for the first goal was... Very like the, the vision that he, he had there to get that ball over, and it was a perfect ball. I think they've clearly been working on that sort of thing in the training ground. <clears throat> Penalty was obviously, I think he, he obviously he wishing he never sees that again, and it, it wasn't great. Um, but then that, that second, uh, the second goal as well, where he, he got that assist, was such a clever little uh, move to make. Obviously, they put it was a short corner, and then instead of just passing it sort of into the box, he then just basically ran across the goal line the ball, keeping the ball slightly in and then made the key pass that went through um, it was yeah you don't see many players doing that and it was a very cleverly sort of worked goal really um, just had Ben in the chat saying Laz Bale was going for a rugby conversion on that penalty uh, he was going for two points rather yeah. than one my bad 
Um, but yeah, there was obviously a little pushing contest at the end. I don't know if any of you guys saw that. Obviously, yeah. only you saw that. Um, between Ben Davis, Chris Meppham, and Bur- Burak Yilmaz. I have to say, if anyone is the least threatening physical person in the world, it's probably Ben Davies. Um, like, little Ben Davies or whatever. Like He's just not threatening in the, any sense. Chris Meppham, on the other hand, is quite a big lad. Mm. So uh, it doesn't surprise me. But um, And Yilmaz, I would start a fight with Yilmaz, bro. I know he's 37, but fuck that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Wales look good. I'm just, I'm looking forward to them going through to then getting knocked out by someone random. Um, that'll be fun. But uh, I do think the Welsh, they're getting a little over the head themselves. I do think they're a lot better than they are. I know yeah. they're not. I think they're, I they're trying they're to uh, but... thinking back to that 2016 Euros where they got to the semis or quarters or whatever it was. And um, yeah, they're, they're not that, that level now that they were. I mean, I do think they'll do. I think they'll, they'll get through the group, sure. But yeah, they need to pump the brakes on the uh, hype train that is Wales. Yeah, but they're very good tactically, though. They are. They both are. games have been set up very well. So Robbie Savage got on the commentary. I sent to have last night. I think he used to just tone down his bias a little bit. Obviously, I know on the podcast we we love a bit of bias, but for a professional sort of outfit, I think they need to be saying to him maybe tone it down just a little bit because he's just so clearly. Just yeah. like obviously being Welsh and everything, he's going to be obviously supporting the Welsh. But he's he's just so massively biased; it's unbelievable. Um, he's not a great sort of pundit or, or, or commentator, really. Um, it's yeah, he's, he's very. Right. He makes me laugh every now and then, but yeah, yeah, yeah. His passion's good to see and everything, but I just think some of the stuff that he comes out with is just a bit like the grass is green. Oh, thanks, Captain Obvious. Like. That sort of thing. It's not very detailed or, or in depth. A lot of it, unfortunately. But yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at the Wales. Mate, Wales were really lucky to get a draw against Switzerland. So I know, like, they set up really well. But Jesus Christ, like, yeah, Switzerland are not a good team either. Um, I expect Italy to really put Wales to the sword in their in their like next game. Um, but yeah, I didn't realise that Kiefer Moorland was a striker. I just assumed he was a centre-back. <laughs> he looks like a centre-back. Quick mention, by the way, of how stupid the name Kiefer is. Oh, <laughs> terrible. Terrible. Really awful. Kiefer. Doing a good yeah. job, though, Kiefer Moore, if you're listening. You're doing a good job. Keep it up. Yeah, definitely is. But, you, but your name sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean... To boot, I guess moving on to where can we move on to Portugal, man? Ronaldo breaking the most goals at the Euros after their two, after what their three late goals to beat Hungary. Um, one was a penalty, so what was always going to be scored. The other one was a nice header, I believe. But yeah, man, like the, Hungary were really unlucky to concede that first one because it was a deflected cross, then followed by a deflected shot yeah. that went in. So unlucky. Um, but then, yeah, once that first goal went, once that goal went in, and Portugal, I think Hungary's, I think their heads went down, and Portugal just took massive, uh, just exploited it basically. Mm-hmm. And I'll have to say, like, yeah, fine, they they beat Hungary three 0 but they did not look impressive throughout the game. Like they really didn't. They looked again beatable. Uh, Ronaldo seeing physical frustration with Jota for a lot of that game as well. Like his arms going up like that, like. Huffing Wasn't and stuff. There, uh, a video. Sorry to interrupt, but there was there a video of when um, Ronaldo was coming out of the uh, tunnel at half time, and he turns around and he sees Jota's um, still on. Uh, it hasn't been taken off or whatever. He sort of turns around and sees Jota and just looks at the camera and shakes his head. 
and you're a bit like, uh, it's a little bit bait, but yeah, it looked, it looked like he was sort of yeah showing his disbelief of uh, well, his, um, yeah, his disbelief that of why Joshua was still on the pitch. Um, Joshua's a good it's player. I think he did. I mean, in effect, there. Yeah, exactly. I think he should he should be on the pitch. He's a good player. Um, but I was a little bit. Bet. Yeah, I was a little bit gutted that um, Penandes didn't get to take the penalty, and it was uh, Ronaldo instead. Oh yeah, uh, he's never getting on him. No. Not as long as Ronaldo's in that team. No, I mean, no. Ronaldo is like rightfully so, but also I, I don't know, man. I do, uh, I don't know. I don't want to talk about Ronaldo too much because I do really like him, but then I also think he's, I don't know, a bit of a crazy man. <laughs> um, when it comes to like being like egotistical and all that kind of yeah. stuff, you know what I mean? Um, it has to be him. Hundred um, percent. I think in, in he's the, allowed to be there. I think he is. Of course, he is. Of course, of course. But I, I think, think it does where, come to the detriment of his other players around him at some points. That's where um, him he he differs to Messi though. Messi seems to be a lot more humble than uh, Ronaldo. Ronaldo seems to be like I want to be the star. I want to be sort of the center of attention. That sort of thing. I think Messi's perfectly happy to not necessarily be the center of attention, but. I would agree with you until all this contract stuff's gone mad with Messi and that's him. the thing even Messi now he's now well he's perfectly happy to stay at Barca uh, it was only really happened for a season but you're going to think obviously he's committed himself to that club for for that long never well never really in the media has there been any controversy with him until that until last summer when obviously he wanted to leave and your tax evasion yeah no but in terms of controversy with the team it wasn't like he was he was falling out with the team or whatever. Obviously, that's just controversy with Messi himself. But um, obviously, Ronaldo's had equally, if not more, controversy with some of the stuff that's happened in terms of various yeah. sex, sexual allegations. Um, um, yeah, that sort of thing. But he, um, yeah, I think that's where Messi sort of slightly differs from Ronaldo. I think he's more happy to be the uh, not necessarily be the centre of attention, be a bit more humble with it. But obviously, Ronaldo. Understand, be showing his determination, showing his his passion for the game, and he wants to win everything. Um, whether that has to be him scoring every goal or the team scoring it, he wants to win. Um, and, and Messi's never scored at the Euros either, so that's true. <laughs> true. Yeah, very true. Never, he's never even played. No, never started at the Euros. Useless. I oh, know. Can't believe yeah. Argentina have never qualified. It's terrible. <laughs> I mean, it, is, it is mad that Argentina actually are not good. <laughs> like, yeah. It is kind of crazy. I know their defence isn't amazing, but their attacking quality is just out, so outrageous that they should be winning team. Like, you know. Well, they might um, uh, they might do something a, a bit better at the World Cup if uh, Aguero and um, Messi are going to be playing together at Barcelona next season. Yeah, but then you're relying on like but... a thirty-six-year-old and a thirty whatever year old in that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they've been two, playing together a long time as I was well. I'm gonna say, t- still two of the best players. So. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but yeah, well, it's looking at what have we got to talk. There's nothing really else to talk about with the old. Uh, I mean, Spain, Spain, they 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 look so dominant in their game, but then just couldn't score. Yeah. I think they should be worried. I think they should be really worried. Um, Morata missed an absolute sitter. Yeah. Um, I've really Pedro- rate Morata. Fantastic player, but yeah. Um, I don't rate Marta at all at the moment. Neither do I. Neither do I was I. kind of annoyed that De Gea didn't start as well. Yeah, um, Unai Simon or yeah. Simon started for uh, 
start for Spain. I don't really know him to be honest. I think yeah, he's the uh, yeah, Athletic right. Madrid, uh, not uh, Athletic Bilbao um, keeper. Yeah, but um, annoying for my fantasy team. But we move on. Yeah, it's just I don't know. Did H? Did you watch the Spain game, Spain Sweden game? Um, I was working during it, but it was quiet, so I kind of kept an eye on it. it looked really dull. It was man. Yeah, it was. I've always, thought, I've always thought that about Spain. Even when they were winning stuff, I always thought they were boring. Yeah, so, I know what you mean. Spain used to be such a, d- a dominant team. So having won the Euros twice and the World Cup in the meantime as well, they were a very dominant dominant team for a, probably maybe a good sort of 10 years or so. They did have a very, very good team, but obviously it seems to have just slipped since players like uh, David Villa... Uh, those sort of le- uh, Spanish legends and Torres, Xavi, uh, Xavi, uh, all those, all those men. So I think they they have slipped in the last sort of or oh, however many years. Um, but I still don't think they're they're a bad team by any means. But they're they're a bit like Germany, really. They're nowhere near as you don't fear them as much as you used to. No, nowhere near. But we were, actually me and Ollie were talking about this last night. Really. But you do need a manager. If you're going to be an international manager, you do need to be from the country. Yeah. It, 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 that is the, if you look back, like Joachim Lur, Germany, they were dominant. Uh, Vicente Del Bosque, Spain, they were dominant. you got Didier Deschamps now, France, they're dominant. Like, yeah. Yeah, it just has to be that way, I think. Yeah, I said to um, there was a question I asked Alf last night when we were watching the game. How important do you think it is for your manager to be from the country that they're managing? So obviously we've had players like Fabio, uh, with managers like Fabio Capello and Sven Goran Eriksson and stuff they like that. But they just don't get that's it. the thing that adds another level of passion managing the team that um, or managing the country that you're from because it's such an honour. I, I was thinking about this the other day as well. Um, I think you should have to, you, yeah, you should have to have the manager and all this stuff from your country in the same way you can only select players that are from the country. Well, not yeah, necessarily. Like, you can select um, players is, from other is, countries if they haven't played for those countries for however many years or whatever. If they haven't yeah, played a competitive like, game, eligible. yeah. If they, yeah. you haven't played a competitive game for your country in like four years, you're then eligible to basically play for any other team, any other country. Well, I mean, Harlem, Harlem was right. eligible to play for England. Yeah, mm, that would have been good. But Harlem. I think you should. The whole setup should be from your country. Like this is what our country offers as a football package like yeah 100 yeah, what the other countries offer right i think it's, it's one thing that alfie said last night which was unfortunately england don't have well we don't i don't have great english managers like we've got all right english managers but we don't have like a really decent english management uh, manager that's above everyone else that's going to clearly take that england job and pro- like do something with it I think the best thing for England right now is to write. Like, I think Southgate's good for England. I don't necessarily like. I, I think it's coming home in it, obviously. But I mean, winning something with Southgate is going to be it's going to be difficult. Yeah. Um, just because he's not the most amazing football brain. He's a great man manager, and he really galvanizes the team together. And that obviously will take us far. But at the end, of it, we do need some footballing prowess from the manager, if you know, if you get me. But this is what I think. Get. Uh, it's a detriment to Palace because he is a contender for the Palace job but I think get Frank Lampard in at the under 21s level now get him developing those young guys because he loves that man he you know with the Mason Mounts and, and Reese James and, and these players that he's brought through you know even like I know he's not English but Billy Gilmore yeah. 
these players that he, he he loves working with. Get him in that under twenty one setup. Get him uh, bring him through the new crop of uh, you know the ones that are going to be like our future Phil Foden's, the younger ones when Phil Foden are at the height of their careers. We need them players to keep coming through. And if and then eventually give Lampard the England job. Yeah. And unlike AD Boothroyd, Lampard actually knows what it's like to play for England. I genuinely was gobsmacked to find out that AD Boothroyd was the under twenty one manager. Mm-hmm. I actually was like, that is so that is someone needs to be fired because someone is not doing their job well. I know AD Boothroyd got fired, but someone that appointed him needs to get sacked because Jesus Christ, man. AD Boothroyd job for a long time as well. Yeah. Yeah. We're lucky that we've got yeah, we're lucky that Phil Foden and these men skipped the under twenty one level to go straight into the first team. Yeah. Um have an AD Boothroyd there. But yeah, get Frank in. Or, you know, I don't really know anyone else, young English manager that's really worth his salt at the moment. Um Yeah. Do that, Frank in. And then uh groom him for the England job in a few years and we'll go win everything. Um I think yeah, get Frank in, I think potentially not get rid of Southgate before the World Cup because it obviously is only next year um, that it's happening so I, I think sure. we should keep him for the World Cup but potentially even take Frank as well just to sort of be maybe like an assistant management sort of role or a sort of a coaching role for that tournament just so he can get more of a, a grip to the, the senior England squad uh, in terms of the, the, the management side of things as well as obviously, obviously I know he played for the England seniors for a long, long time, but um, I think yeah, potentially even take him along um, just so we can observe what it's like to, from a management perspective, take it to take him to a, like a World Cup or whatever, and then after the World Cup, depending on sort of how we do and how Gareth does, potentially look to move Frank up to um, take over the first team. Definitely, man. Definitely right. Well, we'll move on from the Euro Euro stuff. Um, Sorry, I think we've done back it. on my set. No worries. Apologies. Man, no worries. That's all right, bro. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll move on from the uh, Euro stuff now because we I know uh, we talk about it for long. We've got a bit of transfer, a bit of transfer stuff to go through. We've got transfer a few teams goals. on it. Considering that the Euros is happening and there's not a great deal of transfer going through, we're still a lot to talk about. Um, mainly about your team, Ollie. Oh, uh, no. Arsenal are really, oh. uh, are really putting feelers out there, which they have to because your squad is shit. Through oh, uh, that. But, uh, yeah, I'll just run through a couple, obviously, before actually. I'll, I'll fill Asian when he gets back. But, yeah, a uh, £40 million bid rejected for Ben White. I want to go 50 over. How do you feel about that, man? Um, yeah, I think in today's market, I wouldn't be unhappy with £50 million for for Ben White. Um, obviously, going from, like you said yesterday, going from a Premier League to a Premier League team, there is always going to be that sort of that increased price. Um, but is also a, a, a massive benefit for for us um, having someone that's experienced the Premier League before and doesn't have to adapt to a different league. Obviously, coming that's from right. uh, Serie A or La Liga, whichever like Bundesliga, whichever uh, league you're coming from, I think it's it, is a, it does take a little while to adjust to the Premier League. The Premier League is such a, a sort of a unique league. Um, there's nothing properly like it in terms of the physicality of the league and the the sort of fast pace um, of the game um, I think yeah it's, it's a lot easier to get a player from um, so you already experienced the Premier League rather than have to get someone in that needs to adjust to it and then spend half the season adjusting to the league and then maybe they're not as good as they were 
when they played for the team in a different league just because it's it's not what they're used to it's not what they like so I think yeah there's always going to be that uh, that price increase for getting a, a player from the Premier League but um, yeah today's transfer market you look obviously like um, United paid 80 plus mil for Maguire do you think 50 mil for Ben White it's not actually that bad in the grand scheme of things he's young homegrown talent um, yeah. I'd, I'd take him for 50 mil Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Oh, just to fill H is back now, so just to fill you in H. Uh, yeah, Arsenal have had a forty million pound bid rejected for Ben uh, for Ben White, uh, and they Brighton won at least fifty. So, well, thoughts on that quickly before we before we move on to other Arsenal stuff. I mean, I'd never heard of him until about two months ago. So, um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. The market just seems mad at the moment. Yeah, forty million. It is. Uh, yeah, turned down. Yeah. Yeah. It is crazy, oh, but right. Brighton have money, man. That's the thing. Like people don't, people don't rinse Brighton enough for how much money they spend and how shit they are. They spent like two hundred odd million over the last like five years, and they are wank still. So um, yeah, they're like worse at the worst than Everton at signing <laughs> players. But um, but yeah, so I, mean, we'll I do enjoy that they that uh, they continued the trend of getting promoted and then getting rid of knock up. I That's love true, that man yeah. does not get to play in the Premier League. I hate it. Yeah, so, yeah. Do yeah, so do I, mate. So do I. Uh, I was pissed. I started a um, Nottingham Forest career on FIFA 21 to then find out Knockhart play, Knock played for Forest. So I just <laughs> I released him. Uh, <laughs> didn't even sell him, just released him, free agent. I don't want him. But, um, but yeah, so Arsenal have rejected a £25 million bid from Villa for Emil Smith-Rowe. Um, I personally, I know Ollie's a bit different, I don't rate Smith-Rowe all. I think he's a decent player, but for get twenty five million for him, I would take that from uh, Villa. But uh, Ollie, obviously, you you what do you think? You, obviously, I know you want to keep Smith Rowe around. Yeah, I think he's only been well. He's only been playing first team football properly for well the last season, and it's not even been every game um, that he's sort of he's played. I think yeah. he's still got a lot more to come. He's still got a lot to learn. I don't think we should be getting rid of him. It's probably going to be a similar sort of thing to like De Bruyne when he was um, at Chelsea or Mo Salah or something when he was at Chelsea there's uh, as in not to the same level but you see what say, I mean yeah, yeah. In, like they were at the said team and they got sold and then they obviously learnt more become a better player and now they're obviously like a, a really good player and it looks like well, probably Chelsea shouldn't have sold those players if they were going to develop into the players that they are but would they have developed into the players they are without uh, with actually having stayed at Chelsea who knows but um, again I think we should definitely um, keep him I think he, he's got a lot more to learn I don't think he's played first team football long enough for us to say whether he's right for us or not I think he did have a pretty good season last season um, obviously now he's playing more he's contributing more um, like I said, as I said he's, he's very young he's still got so much to learn so I don't think we should sort of pull the trigger on that just yet and let him go I think we should keep him around for maybe another season or two see how he progresses see how he develops and yeah maybe make a decision in another couple of years but um, I don't think we should be getting rid of him now I think there's there's other players or there's a lot more players from our squad that we need to be getting rid of before Smith Rowe yeah that's fair enough man uh, yeah, no, that's completely fair enough. I was just trying to look at what uh, Chelsea used the De Bruyne money for, but I can't find out what who they sold, who they signed what, for. What year, did I, they, uh, what year did they go? I think it's 2013, wasn't it? Because they sold into Wolfsburg for like 18 million. 
Um, that would have been around the time of like Willian Hazard around that area yeah um, but yeah I, I, uh, I'm i a bit different to you with the whole uh, shouldn't have so I do think they still should have sold De Bruyne and Salah at the time because they weren't playing well um, and like it's not like Chelsea have been in a bad way since selling all those players they've won multiple Premier Leagues and also won the Champions League since selling those players but I, could, I I I do I do what you mean that Chelsea the 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 what if for Chelsea is is mental, uh, the team that they could have potentially had. That'd be such but, an um, Arsenal thing to happen as well. Get yeah. someone like well, Smith Rowe. The Arsenal thing then... happen would be yeah, like to sign a Chelsea player that's looking promising and then to be absolutely wank at Arsenal. No, oh, no, I mean like <laughs> obviously in terms of um, the uh, like uh, it's such a typical Arsenal thing if we were to sell him and then he goes to whatever team it might be and then he then becomes like a phenomenal player and we're like oh great Arsenal have done yeah, it again Bobby like... Bobby Entity became a good keeper after leaving Arsenal Emmy <laughs> Martinez is now one of the best keepers in the Prem yeah team of the season but, um, yeah yeah I just think it would be such a classic Arsenal thing to do but uh, like I said there's more there's other players that we need to get rid of before we start looking at getting rid of Smith Rowe for sure um, he's not bad enough to, to get rid yeah, of him um, anytime soon I don't think um, I think if we're going to be focusing our efforts on selling players there's arguably 70% of the team that you should be looking at before you're looking at Smith Rowe yeah. that's definitely that's a good point that's a good point but uh, you clogged Jacker's yeah. uh, blonde hair yeah I said that yeah. last night awful it really terrible. awful it makes Foden's look good yeah so that's what Alf said he said uh, poor man's Foden <laughs> Literally, and uh, yeah, Foden's is not exactly a great haircut, but it's coming home, so yeah, it doesn't matter. It's coming home. But uh, Onana not not happening. So Arteta's mm-hmm. now looking at Aaron Ramsdale to be the Arsenal new Arsenal keeper. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Only a fifth choice England keeper. Welcome uh, <laughs> <laughs> to Matt Ryan. That was such a good signing. He's gone. We've yeah. released him. <laughs> Get him back. No, Phenomenal. there's no point. Oh my god, Arsenal, bro. What are Arsenal? I love it, man. I I would have been happy with, like, Donnarumma. There was rumours going around that we could have got him. Obviously, going to PSG now. Perfectly understandable. I would probably have gone to PSG as well. But, uh, obviously, Onana not coming to Arsenal. So, what on earth are we going to do? And if we get Aaron Ramsdale, fuck me. I'm just writing off next season. I'm not taking part in the podcast next season if if that happens. Well, I will. I'll be be a mutual. I'll support Reading for the season. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm not having Terrible England's decision, fifth, fifth choice keeper. England's fifth choice keeper, man, uh, coming to Arsenal. And basically, well, if we get Ramsdale in, I assume we won't be selling Leno. Oh, I bloody hope we don't sell Leno. Because <laughs> I don't really rate Leno that highly, but I'd rather have Leno than Ramsdale, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, I think we need to know. get, probably need to get rid of Leno. Leno. Yeah, I think we need to get rid of him, but I'd rather have him than than, than Ramsdale, to be honest. Um, yeah, it says something when he's being—he's not even getting picked for the England team, and he, by default, because two of the England keepers are injured, he then gets taken in after obviously for the first game of the uh, yeah. of the Euros. I think you're better off going after Sam Johnson. West Brom just gone down. One hundred percent. I mean, Sheffield went down, and but Ramsdale was rubbish last year. I know, like the all of Sheffield United was, but he really was bad as well. And Sam, West Brom were bad, but Sam Johnston was good. 
So yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think we should. Ramsdale's what we need. Uh, to be no. honest, we do need a keeper, but not Ramsdale. Well, there's another player that certainly begins with Ram, who might be coming back to Arsenal, and that is Aaron Ramsey. Uh, might be on his way back. Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's cool, isn't it? It's, it's, it's cool for Arsenal fans. I think it's really cool to have because obviously Arsenal fans love Ramsey. He's a great. He was a great player for Arsenal, and, and you know he does encompass that old sort of Wenger mentality that that has left seriously left the club since he's gone. But this is a. I think this is a bad look for Arsenal. Hundred percent. It's it, a bad look. As a name on the on the team sheet, I'd be like, oh, Ram- like Ramsey, cool. Yeah. But he's not what we need anymore. I don't. We, I think we shouldn't have got rid of him in the first place. But no. I now don't think it, the right decision would be to bring him back. Yeah. I don't think he's. Well, he probably is what we need in terms of the. If he was to be consistent and on form, but obviously he's not been playing week in week out at Juve, understandably. But yeah, I just think it'd be a bit of a bad decision us bringing Ramsey back now. I don't. Th- I don't you think you can undo what was done in terms of selling him in, in the first place? Um, yeah, I think find someone else. Find someone slightly younger. Um, someone that's playing at a, 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 probably a better standard. Um, this is a Palace move, bro. This is a move that Crystal Palace would make. Bring an old player back to the team after they've gone off and done stuff. I mean, it's what we do. Uh, it's not something that a team that's a big six team should be doing it's not forward thinking at all it is taking a step backwards Uh, it might appease the fans for a little while because it's Aaron Ramsey getting back and maybe that's what it is maybe that's what Kronke is trying to do is because we were talking about this yesterday Arsenal scouting for transfers is fucking horrendous like really bad I mean the youth academy is good but the but yeah like yeah I mean when they haven't got players right in front of their faces Arsenal you know, scouting can't seem to do anything. Basically, um, it's like they don't sign players with a plan of how they're going to fit into the team at all. No, like and they, they yeah. sign somebody they see. Oh, he's playing well for that team. Just buy him. Yeah, it's uh, they're not very uh, well thought thought through sort of processes, really. Um, yeah, I mean, look. our director of sport or whatever is. Um, yeah, I don't think he's really what we need. So he's a bit, he is a legend, but if you can't do the the job that that he's sort of there to do at a good level, then we need to be looking to do something else and getting someone else in. But yeah. his transfer policy is horrendous. You've let 190 million pounds worth of players leave for free. Big up, Arsenal. and you guys struggle for money. And it would have been nice to have 190 million coming in from those players being sold, but. Yeah, I don't know. It's just awful. I think someone, yeah, will eventually get because it is it is bad. But then, does Cronkay care? Does your does your owner care enough to sack the sporting director that's not doing anything? Like that's the that's it's a bit of a limbo situation, isn't it, Arsenal? Yeah, hundred um, percent. But we'll move on to more. Well, you know, just, a, just a bit of um, saying from uh, Johnny Freak 4 Hey guys, do you know yeah. if it's okay to stream the EM live on Twitch? Does uh, EM? I assume that is that Euro, the Euro match, or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Um, uh, I you would do assume need right to watch football. Yeah, I would, um, it's on terrestrial but... TV, so I would assume that you probably even still can't show it, but you could probably you know, do like a, a watch along or something. But yeah. I don't think you can actually show yeah. the the footage itself. 
Um, you can see your face like talking about the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even though it is on terrestrial TV, um, which is free to watch, I think. Yeah, still, I don't think you're actually allowed to broadcast it yourself. No, no. Um, but we'll move on to silver lining, Ollie, because it looks like Xhaka might be leaving. You've you've rejected a bit about 19 million from Roma. Uh, 12.9. I read something yesterday. Oh, okay. I must have missed the two. And just not skimmed while well, I was skim reading it, but um, yeah, I mean, I yeah, I can understand if it's twelve million, I can understand why you want to get a bit more for him, but just get that man out of the club, bro. Hundred percent. Like, um, yeah, he's a bit. Of, yeah, I don't want to talk too much about Jacker because I don't. Obviously, I'm not as close to it, but but yeah, I, I just don't think he's good for the club if you want to move forward. No, I think he he probably used to be a bit better for the club, um, but since that whole saga with him and the fans and all that happened I think obviously he lost his captaincy um, and I think, uh, yeah I think so yeah I think he he's very much like not really ever properly recovered from that um, he's he's a very solid player in terms of he's not afraid to get stuck in but he gets stuck like a bit too far in sometimes and he makes stupid mistakes tries to then overcompensate uh, for trying to make up for it and then he just ends up looking a bit like a tit really um, but I think at the right team he would probably be quite good I think back in the Bundesliga he'd probably be a bit better but I don't think he's really prem material anymore um, and yeah I think yeah for Arsenal I think we need to just get rid cut some dead wood yeah. Definitely a bit, yeah, for sure. Age, what do you think, man? Get rid of Xhaka? Absolutely. <laughs> I, oh, I've never really seen massive evidence of of all. What? Well, well, there's never a lot of hype about him, but you know what I mean. Like, I, I've never really seen why there was there was people rating him so highly. Like, yeah, no, just, me, me, even, man, me, even, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm the same man. I've never really seen why, yeah, why he's rated at all, to be honest. But uh, another player on the out list for uh, Arsenal looks like it's probably uh, Gwen Doozy on a, off. It's going to be loaded off to Marseille. They're very interested in signing him on a permanent deal. Well, he's, he's, been on a, he's been at Hertha Berlin this year. Um, yeah. So alone. I think he's yeah. So I think oh, that's the thing. I did. I quite like Gwen when he played. Um, he was so immature, bro. Yeah, that's the thing. He was he was very young, but. He did have some very impressive games uh, when he was with us, but I think yeah, the the age, sort of the immaturity, I think really did sort of quite a show in that. Um, but he wasn't terrible by any means. Um, again, I just don't think he's what Arsenal needs. Um, I think he seemed to, we seem to do okay with it without him. Um, he wasn't. At, he's not been at the team long enough for him to will have a a big effect on sort of the club. Um, I think I liked him more than I liked his footballing ability, um, but like I said, he wasn't terrible for Arsenal, but he wasn't exactly a standout player by any means. So, yeah, so another player yeah. which I think I'd be yeah happy to see him go. Really, um, it's just a bit of nothing. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I don't really think it really affects anyway. That's the thing. Yeah, I wouldn't really be bothered if he was there because I don't think he would start. So. I, I, I don't see the point in keeping him if he's not going to start if it's just going to be wasted wages um, I don't think he's going to be on considerable amounts of money but still every every penny matters really especially when you've got Stan Kroenke as your uh, owner exactly mate exactly but uh, you guys are still interested in Neves 
Uh, but there's a there's a bit of con uh, well yeah they're disagreeing on the uh, asking price for Neves I believe. It's um, probably not the asking price. It's probably the instalment plan that Arsenal were trying to pay him over the next fifteen years. Yeah, one hundred. Yeah, you get five million now and then the rest over ten years. Yeah. Um, but I just in pocket money every week. Like I'm, I like Neves as well, but I still I just don't know if he's what you guys need like I, I see all these players being purchased and none of them are creative attacking midfielders mm. and it's like that's the most important thing for you guys right now is a like attacking midfielder basically I know you need another defensive oh, to go and pass it um, he's gonna it looks like he's gonna stay at Real Madrid yeah I would have um, kind of liked to see Odegaard come back to Arsenal for another season um, see how he does um, over the sort of a full season but yeah again I think he was he was good. Um, he showed a lot of promise at times. I don't think he quite had enough time to fully get settled in. Um, but yeah, again, he wasn't really a player that had sort of massive impact on on the club. It's not like we're going to really miss him. Him not being nah. there at all. Um, yeah, I think obviously there was Sabios as well that's going back to Madrid. Um, oh, good riddance, man. Uh, he was okay in his first season with us, um, but. Yeah, he really didn't do a hell of a lot in the, in the second season, so just a bit pointless, really. Um, I'm quite glad we didn't keep him on, um, because again, I think it would just be a bit of a waste of time. Yeah, I know what you mean, no, though, Arsenal. All the players that we've been linked with so far, none of them are really the sort of positions where we we need to fill. And none of them really fill me, like fill me as a neutral with confidence that I, that yeah. is going to make Arsenal any better. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, the last one I've got on here is that Arsenal listening to offers for Eddie Nketiah. Uh, I've seen Palace are high up on that list of interested people. I wouldn't, I don't really particularly want Nketiah. I uh, I don't, I think he's okay, but I just think he's another Rian Brewster waiting to happen. All this promise and everything, and then gets the chance to go and goes to a team and does absolutely nothing. A Rian Brewster is honestly, a, uh, is, uh, taking shots at Rian Brewster here inadvertently, but he is honestly god-awful. Um yeah, honestly terrible for Sheffield United this year. But that's the Arsenal news, Ollie. It's not been, it's been all right. You know, more outgoings than incomings at the moment. But that's how it's going to have to happen with Arsenal because you're going to need to ship off some players first to bring in some money. Then you'll bring in the players to replace them. Exactly. So I think it's, I think it's, uh, it's nothing to be, um, dispar uh, you know, to be disheartened about. I think it's going to be good. Yeah, obviously it's Euros at the moment, so it's still fairly quiet. Um, obviously yeah. you hear drips and drabs about players going in or out or rumoured players and stuff like that but nothing properly gets going until sort of after whichever summer competition obviously this year it's the Euros but whichever summer competition it may be you never really hear the things don't get like proper going until after the competition's finished where they can actually put all their full focus into talking to these players that would otherwise be playing at said competitions but Hopefully, the after the Euros, we'll see some better names on that transfer list um, in and out of Arsenal. Yeah, um, but yeah, definitely. Um, let's have a look. What's here? Man City. When we move on to City, City is quite small at the moment. Not a lot going on. Over obviously, they uh, released Fernandinho as a free agent. I don't think he's set to sign a new contract. I think he's gonna. I don't know if he's gonna play anywhere else or retire, but he's not gonna be at City next year, uh, which is a big deal for for Man City. Um, Bernardo Silva wants to leave as well it's been reported uh, Pep is reluctant to let him leave but he is pushing for a move away to, and Atletico and Barcelona are the two interested clubs I think both of those would be fantastic for him 
to go to. Uh, and Barcelona are also interested in signing Jao Cancelo from City at some point this year. Obviously, Barca are on that rebuild mode. We'll get we'll touch on them a bit later. But um, but yeah, what do you guys think of that? Uh, Bernardo Silva potentially leaving. Um, I think uh, I don't I don't massively rate him. I mean, he he, he has games where he like he looks impressive, but that normally seems to be the games where they're already three four and a lap anyway. Yeah. Um, he's certainly not as good as Sterling. Not as good as Mares. And now you got Foden coming through as well. I think probably best to get rid of him. To be fair, yeah. Last Aaron season, Torres is a good player. Last season, uh, sorry, not last season, but the season before, he was pretty good and his first yeah. season at um, City but I don't think they miss him too much now I don't think he plays enough I don't think he plays at uh, that City standard anymore um, he's not a bad player by any means but I think there's a number of players that you're probably likely to start ahead of him now um, I can understand why Pep probably doesn't want to get rid of him just to have that more squad depth um, he's not as I say he's not a bad player by any means but I think he's good enough a, to be starting for a decent team, for a good team. Though. Yeah, hundred percent, sure. definitely. Yeah, sure. But I think, yeah, he wouldn't be missed massively by City. No, not at all. But, um, but yeah, I think it's interesting. That Jao Cancelo is the one that I wouldn't want to let go if I was City. I wouldn't mind losing Bernardo Silva because you've got so much depth there. But losing Jao Cancelo is quite a, you know, you you want to keep him in the squad. Carl Walker's good in it, but Cancelo is he can be better for sure. But uh, Man just, United across the across Manchester now. Just before um, we move on, I will have to leave in about five minutes. By the way, that's absolutely fine, man. Me and uh, me and H can finish this off. There's only a bit of transfer talk, so we'll just um, finish it. Well, obviously, I'm the one streaming it. Oh shit! Okay, yeah, <laughs> that's, a fair point. that's a good point. So let's just wrap up the transfers real quick. We'll talk about Manchester United, and then we can get onto the transfers for like next time we 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 talk or whatever. But Man United is really the big one. Uh, James Sancho looks set to sign, basically. Um, that uh, personal terms agreed, and they're just agreeing the price now between the clubs. I think that's fantastic. Uh, that's what they need. They need a right winger so they can stop playing Mason Greenwood out there and put him into the striker role. Um, they've also apparently they've also offered Ronaldo uh, a contract, a potential contract, but he would much prefer to go to PSG. Um, is what I'm hearing. Pogba to Juventus oh. is a potential. What Ronaldo to PSG? Ronaldo to PSG. Oh, I know, I know, God, I know. I would hate that. He wants to I do it in every that. league. Yeah, he wants to do it in every league. Bundesliga first, then, while he's still got legs. Yeah, yeah, he he, he doesn't need to. Play. He basically can play on his knees in France, mm. and he'll be absolutely. He'll still win. <laughs> he'll leave that with mid forties. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But uh, Man United and Liverpool are also very heavily linked to Kingsley Coman. Uh, this summer, but uh, new, obviously new Bayern boss Julian Nagelsmann has made it very clear that he is a part of Bayern Munich's plans going forward, and, and he's going to be an integral player. So I doubt that they're going to get him. I don't know if anyone knew this. Tom Heaton's just signed with Man United yeah, as a backup goalie, cool, which yeah. is awesome. Uh, and also, yeah, basically, I think that is literally what his role is going to be. Uh, and also, uh, they rejected talks with Arsenal over Donny Van Der Beek. Uh, which is quite interesting. It's a random. Why? Ass. I was going to say, yeah. why on earth <laughs> we would want him? I don't just understand. Let, it was not even that. Just why have United rejected? Why do they want? Why do they want him? Let, so let that poor man go free. <laughs> I know. Um, I'll run through a couple teams real quickly now, and just like if you want to comment anything quickly, just shout in. Uh, Chelsea and talks with uh, Ashraf Hakimi's agent. Uh, they're they're actually really pushing through that deal for him, which I think is unbelievable for them. 
uh, from Inter Milan. Obviously, Liverpool have signed Ibrahima Kanate from RB Leipzig. I don't really know anything about him. Uh, I don't know if he's good. I'm assuming he's good. But I just, I would just low-key want Liverpool to be shit still. I think it'd be hilarious. Uh, Everton, no transfer stuff apart from the fact that they are awful at it. But they are getting very close to signing Rafa Benitez as their manager, which would be hilarious. Um, Wolves, Rupertricio has left. He signed with Roma. I think that's gone under the radar. No one's really spoken about that. They've got no real Patricia in goal. Fulham, uh, Scott Parker's set to leave. He's going to Bournemouth, it looks like, as their new manager, which is a bit of a weird move. He should just stay at Fulham, surely. They've got way more money and more of a chance of coming up. Um, Spurs, they are set to sign Son on a new contract, which is fantastic news for them because he could definitely be going to any team. Yeah. Uh, they are, their number one target this, this season is uh, Tariq Lamptey from uh, Brighton, which I think is a very smart thing to do. They need to cover yeah. that now that they've lost Danny Rose and uh, Regulion is shit. Um, <laughs> Where's Danny Rose gone? Uh, Watford. Yeah. Simon Watford. Oh, okay. uh, not Milan. Not oh. quite Milan, as he was so uh, so so. Uh, yeah, whatever. I can't. I, think I, can't good, I like that transfer. Good transfer. Yeah, I, I like it as well. And then obviously they've announced Paolo Fonseca as their new manager. The guy that. Roma sacked to sign Mourinho is now Spurs manager, which is absolutely hilarious. Uh, came seven record last season were like were like dead on, except Roma conceded more goals. Yeah, and they came seventh in the uh, Serie A. Like Mourinho will do better than seventh in the Serie A. Uh, Villa, they've been they've been smashing it. Signed uh, Buendia. Look like they're going to sign Ward Prowse, and they're set to also sign Ashley Young from Inter Milan, which I think is a really good move from them. Like I said, Watford has signed Danny Rose. Southampton has signed Theo Walcott. Juventus, Morata has signed, extended his loan. And Buffon has left and signed for Palmer 26 years after leaving the club, which I really rate. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Milan have signed... We're going outside the Premier League for these last ones. Uh, Milan have signed for Caio Tomore on a permanent deal for 28 million euros, which is fucking amazing for them. Uh, PSG, they've obviously hijacked the Genie Wijnaldum transfer, which I think is stupid. I don't actually, I think Wijnaldum's a good player, but for the what you're going to pay, what you're going to have to pay him, he's probably not really worth it right well, now. He was I offered think. double to go to PSG compared to what he was being offered at yeah. um, Barca. And to be fair, he wasn't even getting a, a like a great wage at Liverpool. Well, I say great wage, it was still a lot yeah. of money, but uh, considering some of, the, yeah, compare it to what he's going to be earning at PSG, he's taking a significant pay rise. Yeah, exactly, man. No, for sure. Um, it's, 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 I don't know. It's just such a PSG transfer. It's just a player they probably don't really need. It. Well, they do kind of need him, but he's not throwing money at people. Yeah, exactly. And they've also obviously signed Donnarumma, like Oli said earlier in the podcast, which is amazing. He's going to be their keeper for the next 10 to 12 years. Unbelievable player. Uh, they're also in, in uh, interested in signing Hakimi, but I, I reckon he'll go Chelsea over PSG. Um, Barcelona. So they've signed Aguero and Eric Garcia and a couple of other smaller players but it also uh, said last night from David Ornstein for Earth the Athletic Depay is basically signed uh, as a free agent which I think is an amazing move for them yeah. uh, going forward to what a free huh? to Barca yeah, yeah. Depay to Barca yeah, yeah. which is wicked yeah, especially that Aguero Messi and Depay as their front three that's a really naughty front three uh, it looked dangerous Real... the other day yeah, is that like really dangerous? Um, Real Madrid quickly. Ancelotti obviously signed as the new manager, and he has confirmed last night that Sergio Ramos will be leaving the club, and he is not going to Sevilla. Apparently, he wants to go to either London or Paris. So it will be interesting to see where he signs. Probably, if you're going to go London, it's probably going to be Chelsea. Like probably Arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Hey, um, 
palace, 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 palace. Uh, and just a funny one at the end because I thought it was hilarious. Fiorentina. Obviously, they've signed Gattuso as their manager, but it looks set that he is going to be leaving after only two weeks in charge of the club. Uh, he's not happy with uh, with how the club see the team going forward and what they're going to give him. Some A conversation you think you would have during the initial contract talks, but, uh, you know, whatever floats your boat. It is Italy, and they do things pretty weirdly in their football, uh, in their league over there, so it doesn't surprise me. Maybe but, just um, a quick boost of money, two weeks' worth of money. That's it, yeah, yeah, just to uh, get a holiday or something. Uh, get a nice like holiday to Dubai or something um, but yeah that's it boys that's it we just ran through them transfers I know it was a bit quick but um, but that's absolutely fine we'll, we'll have I'm sure we'll have a lot more stuff to talk about next week for the podcast there'll be more signings and stuff like that for sure yeah. but um, before we go I'd like to say thanks to Ollie and Harry for joining joining me today thank you uh, Mark make sure you get better and yeah you'll you'll be alright in it lad um <laughs> But uh, uh, it's only a jab, mate. Harry's fine. He had his yesterday. Um, <laughs> I'm only joking. Uh, yeah, but thanks everyone. Make sure to like, subscribe, uh, hit the notification bell if there is one. Uh, look, watch. Uh, obviously, we're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music. We're on Instagram and Facebook, where we do polls and posts on there daily. <sighs> Get involved. You can send us stuff that you may, you know, want us to talk about. If you've got any questions, whatever, follow us on Twitch. Give us a thumbs up, five stars, wherever you're listening. That's it. Just wherever you are, spam the goodness button. Uh, and and yeah, thanks guys. We'll be back uh, next week. We'll be back next week. And come on, England, let's beat Scotland. No, no booing. No booing if they take a knee. You're not supporting the boys if you boo them. So uh, let's go. Let's go. Let's bring it. Let's bring it home. Let's smack Scotland up seven nil. Let's send <laughs> them home. Come on, Ukraine today. And come on, Ukraine. Let's get a good let's get a good result for the Ukraine. Andrei Shevchenko is their manager. But yeah, thank you very much. Thank you very much, everyone. Have a blessed day. And uh, it's coming home. Exactly. Right. Thank you. Uh,